and sorry, one thing, can you yeah. add at the end, but when they, when they can find us, they can now find us on YouTube and to remember to like, and subscribe Ooh. and click the bell, yes. um, bell icon for notifications. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hang on. Um, yeah. How does everyone else say it? It's like, my kids can say it perfectly because they have fake YouTube channels. <laughs> <laughs> probably I should get Joanna up here. Yes. She could probably do a better job yeah, too. Ali's been practicing for a long time. Welcome back to the Modern Lady Podcast. You're listening to episode 88. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Lindsay. And today we are sharing ideas for Christmas gifts that will help you curate a collection of much loved treasures in your home. Whenever we talk about homemaking here on the podcast, we realize in a way that each of us are the curators of our homes, that we, to a large extent, control the flow of the things that come through the front door. And we want to be intentional about what we allow in that will then make up our space. This week, we have some great ideas to get you started curating your Christmas lists for both yourselves and your loved ones. But first, if you enjoy this episode of the Modern Lady Podcast, would you please take a minute to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast? When we receive ratings and reviews, our podcast becomes more visible and easier to find for new listeners. We would also love it if you shared this episode with your friends. Let us know what you think. Your comments mean the world to us. Before we get to this week's shout out, we are so excited to announce that you can now finally listen to the podcast on our new YouTube channel. We're working on uploading our entire library of episodes from the last two and a half years so that you can enjoy and share the show on YouTube as well. Just search for the Modern Lady Podcast and make sure you click subscribe and the little bell icon that will notify you whenever something new is posted. This week's shout out goes to Miriam Domestic, who left us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and said, quote, whenever I am sick, the house feels like a bad camping trip. There are clothes everywhere, the food is from cans, and no one really has a good time. I had a friend recommend this podcast to me a while ago, and I started to play it when I was climbing Mount Laundry. I am so, so glad I did. For the last year, it has been a life goal for me to start loving domesticity, especially since I'm now homeschooling, and this podcast brought some dry thoughts and in-the-dark efforts to real life. I'm feeling so great, even though I am so sick, and the house is a joy to be in. It's so wonderful to hear the encouragement and wisdom that you ladies give in every podcast. God bless." End quote. Thank you so much, Miriam, for your comments. We are also quite familiar with Mount Laundry and the comforting companionship of a podcast during the climb. We hope you are feeling better soon. And if you would like to leave us a comment, you can do so on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com, or you can leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram, where you can find us at The Modern Lady Podcast. Before we get into today's chat, Lindsay has our Modern Lady Tip of the Week. Welcome back to the final part in this five-part series on calling card etiquette. Today we are going to look at some of the social expectations of men visiting with women during the Victorian age. A gentleman would require an invitation to visit with a lady. He could not solicit a call on his own. I'm sure he could drop some hints, but he would have to wait for a formal invitation. If the family found the short first visit agreeable, then an invitation to join them for dinner would be sent soon after that first visit. If the dinner went well, then the gentleman would be seen as an acquaintance and would be invited over with more frequency, joining the family on informal occasions. If the woman was a young woman, then her mother would send out the invitations. If she was older, she could invite the gentleman herself. Businessmen, not the men of old money and leisure, couldn't pay visits during the afternoon as they were often working, but there was still no excuse not to respond to a lady's invitation, especially if she or her family has done favors for the man. He must find a half hour to pay a visit, and this visit could happen on weekdays up until 6 p.m. He was also permitted to visit on Sundays, as most people were open to receiving visitors on Sunday afternoons. During the week, a gentleman was permitted to visit wearing an overcoat, usually brown or blue, a fancy waistcoat, which is a modern-day vest, and a derby hat. 
And again, that was not worn in the drawing room. Men never received visitors. It was always the woman who received visitors. If the married man had a visitor, it was his wife who officially received the guests. If the man was single and another gentleman wanted to visit, then they would meet at the club. All in all, calling in on your friends and acquaintances was considered a courtesy for ladies, but it was a requirement of gentlemen. No excuse could be made for not returning a visit. If someone was out of town or ill, they would be expected to send their calling card and then to visit as soon as they could. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this as you were talking about like all the rules for the gentlemen, mm-hmm. um, that they would have to wait to be invited. Yes. Right? So it was the women who would initiate the visit. That's correct. And what a stark contrast that is sometimes we hear that, you know... Um, if you're a little bit more traditional in your dating, let's mm. say, that it's more conventional to wait for the man to make the first move. When yes. in, in history, it would have been the opposite, at least during this time period. I thought that was interesting. That is very interesting. You're right. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to have to research when that changed. And, <laughs> and yeah. I wonder if that's like a post-World War II type of thing. Like it feels like it's more mm. of a 1950s type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. It's so interesting when you study the cycles of history and realize like how much has shifted and ebbed and flowed over the centuries, depending on circumstance and culture. Over the last few years, we've shared many a recommendation that we're loving from week to week. Our hope is that these ideas that we pass along will help add beauty and joy to your lives as they have in ours. Now, with the holidays just around the corner, we know that many of you are hoping to do much of your Christmas shopping in advance like us. And so we wanted to compile a list of several things that we're enjoying ourselves or that we're eyeing ourselves to help give you some ideas. Right, Lindsay? Yeah. And, you know, I always wonder if our listeners listen all the way through our episodes and Mm -hmm. then we get messages from them, right, saying, oh, I bought a book you guys recommended. And it's something we recommended two years ago. Or I finally watched Mm -hmm. that movie and I have to go back in my own memory and be like, oh, yeah, I did. I did read that. Or I did watch that. Um, (laughs) So you guys really do listen and it makes us really excited. So we love having this opportunity to share the things that we are extra excited about right now um, because it's a fun time, right? To get our shopping done Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. to buy. We want to make sure that we're very careful, like you were saying in the opening, about what we are bringing into our homes. It's one of our messages. So things that have value, things that, you know, can become heirlooms, things that we've been really thoughtful and intentional about. And so that's kind of what we're thinking about when we're compiling this list. We're going to give you a few actual suggestions, but some of it's more of just the idea to kind of get you excited about choosing some gifts for your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, every person is different, mm-hmm. but I think we are all uh, joined together in the mission to be intentional about our homes. And that's the beauty of it, that we can all have the same mission and purpose, but it's going to be expressed in so many different ways. So yeah, um, consider this gift guide a springboard into um, when you sit down to make up your own lists for the coming holiday season. And I want to note too, that although we're all different, I think there's a huge trend that you and I have been experiencing for the last couple of years. We're seeing a lot more people about going back to these more vintage and traditional things in our homes and way of living. It's not just a few of us crazy people Mm -hmm. anymore. And so (laughs) when we compiled our list, a lot of these things are just very traditional and classic things. But I think a lot of people, that's what they're looking for. This has been Mm -hmm. a really weird year, right, for everybody. Mm -hmm. And if it's taught us one thing, all of this time being spent in our houses means, I think it's sparked within people or renewed within them this idea about having things that are provide entertainment, wholesome entertainment within our houses, right? There is no Mm -hmm. escape sometimes. And so that really goes back to things that are kind of timeless from when people didn't jump in their cars all the time to seek entertainment elsewhere. So yeah, our lists are things that you and I have kind of always loved, but I I do see a general trend moving in this direction uh, in the rest of the world. Mm Hmm. So we've kind of broken this whole list down into a few different sections. We're, we're going to talk this episode about books and movies and music and um, household items, some toys as well, um, just to get your your brain cells thinking. But we uh, are big bookies, as mm-hmm. we talk about often on the podcast. So we felt most comfortable <laughs> but, starting here. But not an actual <laughs> like, bookie. You know a bookie is like takes gambling money, right? Oh, <laughs> We're not actual bookies, people. I just took foodie and I applied it to books. And that's how I got bookies. And so. you made a criminal. 
<laughs> oh, sure. Uh, why not? <laughs> so we are bookies in the book sense, but also just bookworms is probably the more correct term. <laughs> yes. This is coming out to a great start. <laughs> we love books. So yes. I think that my thing, my recommendation for our listeners is that it's something I've actually recommended many times. I am a proud Kindle reader. And I know that there's still that there's still like teams, right? There are team paperback mm. slash hardcover, like real book and team e-reader. And I never thought I'd love the e-reader. I, you know, I, I got it for free. I've said this before in the podcast. Um, I got it reluctantly. It just came with a new cell phone contract years ago and it's the Kindle Paperwhite. And I fell in love with it. And I have said it's what got me through all the years of co-sleeping and breastfeeding because I could read in with one hand on my side in the dark in the room. The lighting is beautiful on it. It's not a blue light. The texture of the screen feels lovely. I have 380 books on there. Um, mm-hmm. I just really, really would say if you've been on the fence about getting an e-reader or if you're thinking about a gift for like your 13 or 14 year old, which is me with a child who's about to be 14, get the Kindle. Now there is the paper white mm-hmm. that I have. It's about $140 Canadian. Um, there's, and it's waterproof now there's the ones that aren't the paper white that have like a front light on them. I don't know how well those work. Mm. Um, I think the paper white is the better. It's the best of the models. I think if you're going to go e-reader, go for the Kindle paper white. Yeah. And I will say that I have the Kobo. Mm-hmm. So that's, um, is that Canadian? Kobo is owned is by more... Indigo. Yeah. Indigo yeah. chapters, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and, and I really love my Kobo as well. So mm-hmm. mine is a similar type of thing. It's paper white um, type of lighting. I was one of those people on the fence for a long time. Mm-hmm. I really just wanted the actual book in my hands. Mm-hmm. But I have since become like that girl in the meme, like that um, cute little girl with the Dora haircut who's mm-hmm. just like, why not both? Yeah. And then everyone like raises her up with palm leaves. Yes. And I, and that's how I feel about e-readers and real books. Why yeah. not both? Because I love seeing a bookshelf with all of my um, hard copy books. Mm-hmm. But when I'm going camping and stuff, I love that I can just throw my e-reader in my bag and I can bring like dozens of books for a fraction of the weight and the space taking up in my in my packing. I love that you mentioned the bookshelves because obviously I still love books too. And so I have a rule where if I really, really love a book on my Kindle, I go ahead and I buy the hard copy version of it. Mm -hmm. And so that I make sure I have both. And this kind of leads into the next things about um, books that you and I really love owning and love having in our houses. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, as you guys know, I'm a big fan of the classics. I started three years ago, a little challenge I set for myself about speaking about the Kindle, uh, reading all of the classics (laughs) that I had downloaded on there and was never getting around (laughs) to reading uh, because most of them were free or like $1.99. And so I'd filled my Kindle with all of the, you know, the, the 100 classics to read before you die. And so three years ago, I decided to start reading them and it's been the greatest journey. I'm so glad I'm doing this. I'm still working my way through them. Um, but yeah, I'm a big fan of the classics. And so whether they're on there or even places like HomeSense are selling collections of, mm. of the classics for really good prices that are beautifully bound. Mm-hmm. And so I really want to encourage people to look at any of the, the lists online of the top 100 books of all time or the top 100 classics or the top 100 books to read before you die. And or there's even a scratch off poster with the top 100 books on it. Oh, yes. Yeah. I and then those. start to gather those books, right? Start to build your own collection of the 100 books you should read before you die and have them in your house. Mm-hmm. The one thing I like about that idea is that those really serve as decor items as mm-hmm. well as good reading, right? Yeah. Like, especially if you do find those beautiful bindings, mm-hmm. to have a bookshelf of that, that totally acts as beautiful decoration that adds to a room. For me, it's always been and it always will be about the story. Mm-hmm. And if it's a good story, I'll read it and I'll cherish it. Uh, forever. So I would really recommend sets and series that are timeless and that can be revisited over and over again at all ages. Um, The one that we're reading right now with the kids is the Chronicles of Narnia. Mm -hmm. I never read those as a child. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is actually my first time reading through the entire series. I read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe when I was a kid, Mm -hmm. but I can't get over how much it sticks in my head now as just something I can't wait to get back to and read more of. Um, I guess it's true that if it's good children's 
fiction, if it's good children's literature, then not just kids will enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And if it's a captivating story, and if people are just going to be drawn into a world of imagination and creativity, I think it's worth a place on your bookshelf. So I would encourage people to ask around. People are the best um, sources of getting uh, your what to read next recommendations. And if you find a series that you or your kids really, really love and can't stop thinking about, I would definitely consider adding hard copies to a bookshelf for the next person to just walk by, glance at, and take down to start reading. Okay, so we have our books all sorted out, and you and I are big movie lovers too, right, Michelle? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> so one of the big trends I noticed this year, and it's been growing over the last couple of years, but COVID made the backyard movie a really big thing this last year, <laughs> and we haven't done that yet. And so I thought, what a great family uh, Christmas gift. So I just looked up on Amazon what that would cost, and you can get their top-rated Amazon bestseller, Outdoor projector plus the screen for about $160 Canadian. And so Mm. I am definitely going to be showing that to Jason tonight because I think we would love that. Um, My parents are, I think we've asked for a fire pit uh, from them for our family gift for Christmas. Mm. So if we get finally an outdoor fire pit and an outdoor movie all set up, I'm ready for next for the spring. Oh my goodness. That is such a good idea for a family Christmas gift. Mm -hmm. I will say I did borrow a projector from my parents. uh, I think it was two summers ago. My Mm -hmm. kids were uh, younger then, but in the summer it gets dark really late. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Forgot about that. (laughs) Um, but your kids are older. So there's, there's that for sure. Um, and then also too, if you have a fire pit, you can definitely be starting those movie nights earlier in the spring, maybe, Mm -hmm. um, and later into the fall, which to me sounds fantastic. Like why not bring Huga outside? (laughs) And, um, I think that's great. There's another projector that I see on Instagram a lot, and I am intrigued by it, but it is, I think, a little bit more of a pricey item, but it's called the Cinemood. Have Mm, you ever heard of this? So the Cinemood is like a a little cube. It's tiny, Mm. um, and I think you charge it like USB, Um, but it comes preloaded with, um, I think, Disney Plus and uh, a couple of other subscription services. And then because it's a cube design and you don't plug it in, you can bring it with you in the car. Um, I've seen people use it in their bedrooms. They will project the movie onto their ceiling Mm. and they can uh, watch TV. You can upload your own shows or um, hook up your own different subscription services onto them as well and I've I've just been very interested in in something like that as well Um, especially uh, I know we were mentioning we're seeing a trend as well of people moving TVs off of their main floors yes yeah or just getting rid of TVs altogether yeah and I think this would be such an interesting concept to play around with if you're not going to have TVs if you say want to create a different kind of atmosphere or ambiance for your main family sitting room and you don't want a TV on the wall to have something small that you can pull out like a projector or the Cinemood and a, a just a blank space on the wall to watch something when you feel like it I think is such a fascinating go-between of those two ideas. I love that. I have not seen that at all. It is really interesting because I'm seeing, yeah, two different trends. Um, well, I guess three. So so they're the people who are getting rid of their TV on their main floor altogether, which is something we've thought about for years, except for we'd have mm-hmm. gaping holes in the wall and wires everywhere. Like it's just kind of a logistical nightmare right now. Um, there, I, I also know some people who are going back to VHS who are going like mm. old school 80s and just picking up, you know, at a yard sale, one of those TVs with the built-in VCR right in it and yes. going to pick up old movies like that for their kids and that's it. And then I know other people who are splurging on the swoon-worthy Samsung TV that looks that can look like uh, yes. art, right? Mm-hmm. And, I love those. Oh, it's <laughs> stunning. Um, I just looked them up on Best Buy and they're part of the Black, um, Black Friday sale. And so you can actually get one for about 1200 bucks, which is a lot less than I was expecting. They're beautiful. And what a great way, if you're going to have a TV, because you do enjoy TV, like I do, um, Mm -hmm. these, what I love is that when you buy like a classical art package or something, you're also then displaying in your home, 
uh, mm. changing images of classical art that, you, you know, you can change out all the time and that your kids can get really used to seeing these pieces. And so again, if you, you if you use it, right, rather than it using you, mm-hmm. there are extra mm-hmm. benefits with that. Now, I just saw them. We have to do a little plug here for our um, uh, Instagram account that you and I both love called In Honor of Design. Um, yes. Find them on Instagram if you're not already following her. It's a lovely account. They just installed one of those TVs and I, oh, and they put like the gold <laughs> frame around it and in the art on, it's just beautiful. So if you do decide to splurge for your family, <laughs> perhaps you mm-hmm. want to look at that Samsung TV. Oh yeah. And I especially love it too, because like what you're saying, it's, it, it becomes part of your whole um, flow of the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and exactly what you're saying like it now works for you then whereas sometimes I feel like a tv can be very dominating Mm -hmm. it can sometimes take over but um, there are more designs coming out that allow you to um, put tv back in its place we'll say (laughs) and take back a bit of your your control over the feel of your home but also still your enjoyment of uh, what you do for entertainment Another really good gift idea uh, when we're talking about movies is subscriptions to streaming services. Mm. Um, I got this idea. Actually, I can't take credit for it because it was my brother and (laughs) sister-in-law who gifted my sister last Christmas with a Disney Plus subscription. Uh, And I thought that was just the most brilliant thing ever. Uh, My sister is a huge movie buff. She loves movies. And in particular, she's always loved well, now it's hard to like anything outside of Disney because they own everything. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but having said that, then their subscription service is quite varied. And there has been such an explosion of different varieties of subscription services. Uh, so this year with so many options, it's definitely been on my mind for other people, but also for myself, because I keep eyeing up the PBS uh-huh, me too. subscription. That's <laughs> <Okay>. next. <laughs> And if I had that and BritBox, oh. I would literally never need to leave my house for entertainment ever again. <laughs> yep. Okay. So let's say you're not a TV person, but you're a music person. And, you know, we've talked before a lot about how much we both love record players. I believe it might have mm-hmm. been on one of our previous gift giving guides. Um, I still use our record player all the time. I'm sure you guys do too. So we're mm-hmm. going to continue to push the idea of buying a record player. If you haven't done it yet, do it. Like they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, our local home census here sell record players and records. Like it's just, it's, they're so huge right now. So get a record player. It really, nothing else comes close to just the feeling of putting on the record. Um, And then I want to suggest that you can either really spend time going through like secondhand stores and flea markets and looking at the old records. Um, But a lot of the classic records and a lot of the new records, um, sorry, our artists are coming out with records. So it's, Mm -hmm. you really have a good selection there now more than ever. So you can either go to Value Village, which you've patiently looked with me, Michelle, as we've been crouching on the floor, going through (laughs) 500 records, or you can go on Amazon or to a local music store and buy any brand new pressed, you know, X excellent, good quality records out there. But I still think it is like the perfect gift idea. Mm -hmm. And it is also a good family gift too, because those things draw kids Mm -hmm. like nothing else, right? I think they just like to watch the thing going around and around. I think it's fascinating to watch. And then it kind of forces you to kind of stop and listen to music too I find it's a different listening experience yep. to uh, versus when I have headphones in or if it's on a speaker or it's digital music um, and I still haven't quite figured out if that's because I'm just terrified of leaving the record player unattended mm. with my children mm. around <laughs> and I feel like I need to sit and supervise it or if I actually just quite enjoy the listening experience of stopping and enjoying a piece of music. <laughs> Speaking of kids, I would love to get my hands on the um, Fisher Price one that had the Walt Disney yes. records. Oh yeah. my goodness! That you know when it's time to turn the page when you hear the chimes ring like this, <laughs> like those are <laughs> magical. And I mm-hmm. think our kids would love to sit and put their own record on, you know, gently and mm. and be able to listen, like look through books like that. So now I am adding that to my list right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
as we speak, yep. as we record, right? <laughs> yeah. But going now swinging wildly from vintage all the way up to modern day, I do have to still plug as well the all the Bluetooth options for listening to music, mm-hmm. um, speakers and headphones. So we've had a, a Bose Bluetooth speaker for a few years now. It's never given us problems and it's clear, it's loud, but it's so small. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for headphones, I still can't do a lot of housework without my beloved Bluetooth headphones. Mm-hmm. I had the Skull Candy headphones for a while. And unfortunately, they um, they broke after almost constant daily use <laughs> for like two years straight. Mm. So I really can't complain about them. I, I don't know if they were made for stay-at-home <laughs> homemakers. They, were te- they weren't tested for that. <laughs> no, <laughs> Just for right. like people working out and people in the military and like hardcore things, but not, not for a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> That's right. They, they weren't anticipating that kind of intensity. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, but I, I have to say, and I've replaced them since then, and these ones have given me no problem either. And it just, not only is it great um, to be able to listen to your podcasts or audiobooks as you go about your duties that you're going to have to do anyways, but it is an extra added bit of comfort knowing, uh, like you often say to Lindsay, like you're not going to rip your ears out <laughs> yeah. if you catch the cord of your headphones oh, multiple times a day. They're going to be like, mm-hmm. what was her cause of death? And they'll be like, she ripped her, her ears were ripped out when she was putting the dishes in the dishwasher. <laughs> it's like every day I have a mini heart yes. attack. Or, like, but um, yeah, I think it's time if, if Jason's listening, which he's not, um, I think it's time I get some Bluetooth headphones, earbuds. <laughs> Okay, but what if you just want to kind of settle down for a little bit, right? And you you want to spend some time with your people, but you really want to engage with them. Well, I don't think that anything could be good old-fashioned board games. Right, Lindsay? You're such a fan. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to be like, not right, Michelle. Um, I... I do not enjoy a good board game night. Um, I have tried. There are some like, okay, let me just be really clear here. There are a few games I love that nobody will play with me. Mm. So if somebody what wants to play categories, I will. Scattergories, That's my thank favorite you. game. Yeah. Okay. I finally got it on my phone and I don't play games on my phone. And I'm like, oh, I'm such a boomer. I'm so excited <laughs> about my one game on my phone. So I play categories on there. And then um, I enjoy the game of life. Because I'm still excited when they get married, and then you put them both in the little car. Uh, I love, I love a good round of Candyland. Okay, this is good. So, but it has to be the vintage Candyland. So that actually leads into the fact that I enjoy the idea of collecting vintage board games. Mm-hmm. I might not play them, but mm-hmm. I love having them in our house. And there are some doozies on eBay that are hilarious. There have been a lot of board games. Um, so there's mm-hmm. one that's called, I think it's called the Catholic game. Um, anyways, it's hilarious. You get to either be like a guardian angel uh, or, or one of the gospelists or the Virgin Mary and that's your game oh. piece and you can pick up like cards that are like temptations or like uh, acts of mortification it's like... <laughs> and I'm like this game is like $120 off eBay with the time I get it shipped to me and I'm like I need this game I'll um, consider it yeah Thank you. Um, or Jason really wants uh, a game from the late seventies or early eighties called the Trudeau uh, Mania. Trudeau Mania. You know, like oh. our old prime minister and our current prime minister. Um, so there's a lot of really good ones. And my mom just dropped off some of my games from the eighties. So like my kids have been playing Monster Mash. So I love vintage games mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I just like having them around, and they're hilarious. We also just in the vintage game box where my parents found a game called Scruples. Uh, <laughs> Oh yes, <laughs> oh, right. I've I've shown you some of the cards. Um, it's I think it's Canadian from the early '80s, and it's just like you have to literally with your friends you read a situation, mm-hmm. and you have to see how everybody would handle it. And some of them are so out of date and so horrible to read. Um, it was funny. So, and I carry some of the worst offending ones in my purse just to have a little giggle when I'm out in public. So, you actually do like board games. <laughs> I do. I do. I will say I'm not a huge strategy game person, right? So, Mm. and, and I have a, my family is full of really competitive people. 
So I do enjoy games, but I don't really like, like I said, highly strategic games. And I certainly don't really enjoy playing those games with very competitive people. It's a scary mm-hmm. situation. <laughs> yeah. Um, so having said that, though, um, I think I've narrowed it down to what does do it for me for board games. And it has to have like a group feel. So something that we're kind of all in together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so not competitive um, <laughs> or it's just an opportunity to laugh right I yeah. really do love laughing people it's one of the reasons I love categories like you said mm-hmm. right like that's just sometimes the things that people come up with or the tension trying to beat the timer like it just makes you laugh mm-hmm. um, but some of the games that I really love to play this one is strategic but it's as a group are those escape room games they're so much oh, fun yes. yeah so um they, they come with the cards and the clues, and often you do it in conjunction with an app on your phone, um, and you all have to escape from these situations. There's, like, locked um, – anything from a locked cell to, like, you're on board a ship and you have to get off, and you're under a time limit, just as you would be in an actual escape room, and uh, those are a great option to gift to somebody or to bring um, to, well, I guess we're not having a whole lot of holiday parties, but <laughs> whenever we can resume those, those are great to bring along as well to a dinner party. The other game that I have such great memories of playing with my my cousins when we were younger, teenagers, was the game Pit. Have you ever heard of Pit? No. It's like a stock market game. but. <laughs> Here's the hilarious thing about Pit. It's so loud because you have to try to corner the market on a commodity, right? Sorry, this is what, this is what you played as teenagers. <laughs> yes, but the reason okay. is because uh-huh. you like there are no there's no turn taking. Everyone's okay. just going at the same time. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like a real stock market. Everyone's just yelling at each other. You're supposed to be getting your whole hand to be one full hand of one commodity. Um, yeah. But you can't, you can only trade um, like two commodities together or three commodities together. And the only way you can sell it is by yelling the number of cards you have. So mm-hmm. you're just yelling if you have three coffees, say, for example, you just yell three, 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 three. And if someone else is also trading three cards, then you just like throw your cards at each other, essentially. And you hope they're the ones you're looking for. And so you're building your hand, but everyone else is too at the same time. And then someone finally just yells pit, slams their cards down, and the game is over. It's hilarious wow. and it's chaotic. And my grandma <laughs> used to be like, can you stop playing this game? Like, <laughs> um. Yeah, it was just hilarious. But games like that, I really think they foster like such a, a great communal spirit, right? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. I know there is certainly a place and there are a lot of fans of those more quiet strategy games. But mm-hmm. I don't know, for me, I just like to have a laugh. And I think those ones are, are really great at fostering that. And I have to say that I think that even in my case, like it might be slow going at first for any game, but I don't think people ever walk away from a game night going, I shouldn't have played that. Like that wasn't very fun, right? Like it always ends up being fun. So for some people like me, it takes me a little while to warm up and to understand how games work. Like I can't figure out a strategy (laughs) game to save my life. Um, But yeah, I think that it is always something that the family will walk away from still laughing as you go up to bed, you know, Mm -hmm. and it is a really good night. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so it wouldn't be a gift guide for the Modern Lady podcast if we didn't now switch to the household items <laughs> that mm-hmm. we could use to build up our homes and add to our our homemaking endeavors. So, Lindsay, I'm interested in hearing your recommendations on the household things we should be eyeing up this year. Well, now you're talking. So mm-hmm. now we're <laughs> now we're in my kind of world here. Um, so I have really loved collecting and curating and pieces for my hostessing needs mm-hmm. for when we have people here for dinner. And so I have noticed over the years when I'm hosting that when I lay on the table or bring out a few things, there's always like a gasp, like an audible mm. gasp from the guests. And so one of the things that always does this is I have this little just, it looks like blue willow, but it's not like blue and 
white creamer and sugar bowl um, on a little tray that I bought, I think for $9 out of a little antique store. Mm. Um, it's really precious when you bring something like that out with fresh milk or cream in it and a little bit of sugar, right? With people's coffee cups. People don't expect those little things right now. And so those little affordable gestures really do elevate the experience at your home or there is I don't know if you guys have done this or Michelle if you carried in a cake on a cake plant mm-hmm. uh, cake stand right you were to hold the bottom <laughs> and you walk into the parade into the room with that cake on a cake stand and again people are like ooh, and it doesn't matter how fancy that cake is if you've just taken the time to put it on a pretty stand mm-hmm. from HomeSense or from anywhere I bought a few on my local buy and sell group and some at HomeSense um, it really does make it look really pretty and so for housewares for ho- our homewares for our hostessing gifts I just really believe in finding whimsical little fun pieces And I say whimsical on purpose because I really like good white china Mm. as the base for everything, but I really like having little funny pieces like a weird bunny cookie jar from the 1950s or Mm. my cookie jar is a monk um, that says thou shalt not steal um, on it. (laughs) And so like I like having tucked away in my very serious and pristine white kitchen, these little bits of whimsy Mm -hmm. and it really, those little things really tell a story about you as a homemaker and as a hostess. So so collecting those pieces, finding a neat thing, and it doesn't have to be brand new from mm-hmm. a store, like from a store like HomeSense. Um, go to those antique stores and buy those little beautiful things to gift to somebody that you care about. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that because it can be so personal, right? Mm-hmm. It can be such a small item, but if it is something, like you said, whimsical and really uh, that goes with a person's personality, that accents mm-hmm. their curated kitchen or something, um, that really makes someone know that you know them well oh totally and I like love salt and pepper shakers mm-hmm. do you remember how people used to collect salt and, and I feel like we all got so serious over the last 15 yes. years with our decorating and you look back over these household goods and these kitchen goods from the 50s and 60s and 70s and things were silly like mm-hmm. everything had faces on it <laughs> like they <laughs> you know they didn't seem to take themselves as seriously so I I'm all for adding a little bit of that back in those things show effort just show care. And so I love giving little things like that as gifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what, before I, I really get into what I'm looking for just in the actual physical kitchen, I will say mm-hmm. that um, a couple of years ago, we, we ended up winning, Phil ended up winning a, a smoker at mm-hmm. a work conference. I didn't know what that was. <laughs> Yeah. When he called, he's like, I have, uh, I'm going to bring home a smoker. And I was like, like, what's his what name? What is that? Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Um, yeah. And he was like, well, it, it's like about the same size as our barbecue. And I was like, we don't have room for another thing like that. But I, I a couple years out and I am such a huge fan of smoked meats. And uh, I'm not an expert on price ranges or like uh, name brands or anything like that with smokers. But I do see that uh, becoming a trend. Like a lot of men seem to be really Mm -hmm. interested in getting back into smoking. Uh, So like smoking meat. (laughs) (laughs) And pipes. Let's not pretend there isn't also a trend back to pipes. (laughs) So that could be something you consider. Or if you know someone who does have a smoker and is really into it, then I know that Phil is always uh, having to replace the pellets Mm. um, to make the smoke. And you can get different flavored ones that uh, impact the flavor of the meats. So that could be something that you consider. And you know what, too, especially again with like COVID and if we go back into a lockdown, like that's because with a smoker, you need to be there for a couple hours, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can't, you have to actually be around it. Um, And so it's kind of the perfect time for that as well. There's not a lot we can do. So you might as well have a cold beer and smoke some chicken. That's right. (laughs) That's right. And you can homebrew your beer and smoke your chicken while you're smoking your pipe. Hipster explosion (laughs) over here. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, delicious hipster. Yeah. Anyways. um, (laughs) So, but yeah, in the kitchen though, what I'm finding now that we're homeschooling, now that we're home a lot more often is that we are doing a lot more cooking and especially during the day cooking for more people, whereas usually they'd be at school, the kids. Um, So I would love to upgrade some of the usual uh, small appliances that I have in the kitchen to be more effective and efficient. For example, my blender, Um, Phil 
and I talked about getting a, a bigger blender a while ago. Right now, we just have the Magic Bullet, um, the little tiny one. And I said, no, I, I like the little Magic Bullet because I can put it away in my cupboard. Uh, and I liked having things out of sight, out of mind. But now I feel like because the kids are home during the day, we are using it a lot more often to make things like smoothies, um, except I, I have to make everything individually because the cups mm-hmm. are single servings. <laughs> so it would be great to, to have a blender that you can make these things en masse. Uh, and then the last thing that I've kind of held off, I've, I've fought this for so long, but now I'm, I'm very intrigued, is the Instapot. Instant Pot. It's not Instapot, right? I think Instapot is the brand name. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. I'm and getting... if it isn't, it should be. It should be. Instapot. I know. Yeah. In any case, I'm fascinated by those things. I love that it's both a pressure cooker and a slow cooker and just a regular cooker that you can cook rice in it and meat and whole meals in it. I am interested in the, the yogurt making that I see happening in it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's just something that could make... Life just a little bit easier and more delicious. And I'm always up for both of those things, especially in conjunction with one another. (laughs) So the last category that we're going to look at is toys. Mm -hmm. You know, we do have a lot of kids between us. And I actually started making a list. I've asked a lot on social media about what toys my kids have consistently played with, what was worth spending the money on over the years. And so I actually was making this list a couple of weeks ago, and then we decided to do this topic today. And I realized that the toys that my kids over the span of 14 years have played with and that have really stuck around were our... <laughs> Uh, not battery operated, no flashing lights, like very boring toys. Mm. And I know I'm not the first person to say this, but I do think it's really interesting because we love to shove at our kids all of the newest, brightest, loudest things Mm -hmm. to make sure they have the hottest toy every Christmas. But yeah, the things when I do step back and think about it that have really continued continuously been played with are things like blocks, right? Mm -hmm. So we have um, somebody at church gave us a couple of years ago uh, a, a milk crate full of blocks he made himself so they're just like pieces of deck cut into different sizes or (laughs) and so it's just yeah and some of them have holes through them and then they just had a piece of that like yellow rope and that you could put through them and my kids have played with those darn blocks so much and then another thing was we picked up Jenga the game Mm -hmm. uh, I think at Value Village or something but my kids rarely play it as Jenga they play it as blocks and Mm. so they'll or they'll do them my kids are all about Um, Thank you, YouTube, those videos of standing them all straight up and then pushing one down, right? And then they all go. Yeah. Yeah. And then recording it in slow-mo and all these things. And then likewise, they also love dominoes for that reason. Mm. So I bought off Amazon a couple Christmases ago, a large tub of multicolored dominoes that they don't play the game dominoes Mm -hmm. that they use them. And they'll do them like, like huge, taking up whole rooms of these things and they'll work for hours on them. So... Yeah. If I were to pick absolutely one thing that especially my boys have really loved over the years, it's been blocks Mm -hmm. or any type of wooden thing that they can push over. Yes. (laughs) I will say that too. There's something like I don't remember actually sitting and teaching my kids about dominoes Mm -hmm. and yet somehow they figured out dominoes. And like yeah. how to actually play the game? Oh no, like to set them oh, up and knock them over. Yes. Like and yeah, like design stuff, right? Yeah. It's just in them. Yeah. And if I have to say I, and then I was thinking about one thing that my girls have well, there's two things. Um that my girls have always loved. We've always been big fans of doll strollers. Mm. Um they have we have broken many a doll stroller because then the brothers climb in them and then they race <laughs> down the hall. Um, but they have put everything from bananas to eggs to potatoes to dolls to the cat you know, everything into a doll <laughs> stroller and push that stroller everywhere. So those are a really good buy and a toy kitchen, mm-hmm. a toy kitchen still gets played with. It's, we always put it away for a bit and then we bring it back out whenever it's out. Even the big kids suddenly are over there on their knees, you know, mm-hmm. playing around, quote, playing around in the kitchen with their little siblings, helping them out. So yeah, it's, I mean, those are classic gifts. Most people know that, but those are really the things that have stood the test of time in our house. Yeah, I would agree, especially with the toy kitchen. I can't mm. tell you how many meals I've been made over the years. <laughs> and <laughs> yes. I think if only this was real, I would never have yep. to cook again. 
And then, you know what? And then I always look over if it's, because I usually put it in my kitchen, right? And mm-hmm. then I finish cleaning my real kitchen. Then I'm like, darn it. Now I have to clean the toy kitchen. <laughs> yes. Because I don't want it looking like a mess. So then I go over and I clean the whole toy kitchen up every night. <laughs> Oh, we but we should get them like little cleaning caddies mm-hmm. and they can clean up their kitchen too. I Sometimes I feel like if you set it up for them, if you build it, mm-hmm. they will come type of thing, it's right? It's true. Mm-hmm. And cleaning toys are hugely popular right now. Melissa and Doug have a great line of mm-hmm. cleaning toys I bought for my nephew who's obsessed with cleaning Yeah, um, and toy vacuums and all that. It's the real life toys, right? Yeah. That's a whole category um, for our little homemakers to be who really like helping mommy out and following you around. So those are great toys. Yeah, that's a good idea. For us, we have a lot of active toys that kind of go along with what you're saying. There are things that you can just use as you're active out and about and playing, but they're they're not something that you, you know, push a button and it does the play for you. So for us, like we've we've always loved um, and the kids have always loved getting flashlights. <laughs> for Christmas they're like they are fascinated and over the years there's been different kinds of flashlights big ones little ones kid <laughs> ones grown-up ones keychain yeah. ones keychain ones are super cool and they're great stocking finger stuffers ones? yes have you had the finger no yes. I don't know oh what they last are. for about an hour they're from oh, like, okay. the treasure chest at a restaurant or the <laughs> dental office or the dollar store but they have like a little blast- black elastic that goes around your finger and they're all different colors so you can cover your hands in them and yet they're like an hour oh. My goodness. And then they're broken. Well, yeah. Well, that sounds super cool. But um, (laughs) the one year we got them all um, keychain flashlights and hooked them Mm. to the zippers of their winter coat. (gasps) So (laughs) that's brilliant. Yeah. They thought it was amazing. It was like a little zipper pull for them. So it was win-win Okay, I'm writing that one down like right now because that's a great uh, St. Nicholas Day. Like yes. when you just need a little gift, mm-hmm. that's a really great idea. Mm-hmm. So those are fun. And then also the other one that we really had great success with are walkie-talkies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we bring walkie-talkies um, everywhere with us. We bring them on walks when we go on hikes through the forest um, for them to play with. Just if two of them run a little further ahead and two of them are a little behind. They feel like they're playing some sort of spy game you know, through the <laughs> trees, which is great. Uh-huh. Um, if you put them all on the same channel, um, you can add however many walkie-talkies you have. I think right now we have six. We have one per person mm-hmm. if we wanted to. Um, mm-hmm. And that comes in handy for Phil and I to keep an eye and an ear out where, where they are and how, mm-hmm. what they're doing. We also bring them to parks and playgrounds. And we bring them to share with our friends when we meet friends at the playground because the friends think they're amazing. The only thing that you and I were both saying we'd recommend is to not buy the kid ones. Mm-hmm. Um, those tend to break really easily. And I find that if you take care, if you teach them how to take care of the walkie-talkies, the, the ones that are traditionally for grown-ups, um, they, they're really not breakable like they're not easy to break these days <laughs> so they mm-hmm. should probably be fine and then the last thing if you're going to get walkie-talkies get rechargeable batteries because <laughs> oh my goodness there's so many batteries involved with walkie-talkies we learned our lesson and <laughs> if you can just plug it in at the end of your trip that's the best way for sure so that's our starting off point for our Christmas list this year. And you know what? We hope this gift guide gives some of you, our listeners, some really good ideas. But I think the point that really kept coming up throughout this whole episode and what you and I, Lindsay, want to reiterate also to ourselves is just this reminder of how much control we truly do have over our house. Whether you're someone who tends more towards the vintage and the old school, or whether you're someone who really enjoys new technology and all the latest gadgets that are available, it it really comes down to the intention of what you want your home life to be and where your family is headed in the direction they're going. And it is totally within your power and your control to figure that out and to craft and curate a Christmas that best suits your family right now. Okay, it's time for our What We're Loving This Week segment of the show. So, Lindsay, what have you been loving this week? 
We thought about not doing this, right? Because mm-hmm. we're just sharing a bunch of things we're loving, but we both still have things. And there's a podcast I've been listening to all week to just truly escape mm-hmm. <laughs> some things. And it's called the Historical Crimes and Criminals Podcast. Mm. I find it's perfect for these cold and dark and windy days. Um, the host is an excellent storyteller. I know you love good storytelling. Yes. It's, of course, about murder and other crimes, Mm -hmm. but because the crimes are historical and because the host has a really cool Scottish accent, it's not gruesome at all. (laughs) (laughs) Are those the parameters? Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's classy crimes. And you guys know I'm joking. I don't believe crime can be classy, but it is really great storytelling. Mm. And he is really sharing some important um, historical information about the legal system and just really cool stuff so i just needed a break from the heavier things i usually listen to like theology and politics <laughs> oh, okay to just go down down a step to <laughs> historical crimes and criminals and it's just yeah it's absolutely a really perfect thing as we get you know into like the the long dark nights of winter mm-hmm. what a balance for you with your hallmark movies <laughs> <laughs> i'm a little darker this week yeah, yeah. <laughs> But you sometimes you need a bit of everything. So I'm glad you found that balance. Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) What have you been loving this week? So we've been loving the TV show Shetland. Um, Mm -hmm. This is another one of your recommendations, Lindsay, that we Mm -hmm. randomly forgot about. I still can't believe you just forget about these shows. They're like massive cliffhangers. I know. I know. Um, We don't know either how it happened because we loved this one too. Um, But I think what jogged our memory was finishing Line of Duty. And then we're Mm -hmm. like, wait, did we finish Shetland? And we did not. So it's the perfect kind of a show to watch right now too, though. So I'm glad that we're picking it up right here Mm. at the end of November with the days getting darker and a little bit stormier in the evenings. Um, This series follows Detective Inspector Jimmy Perez and his team. (laughs) (laughs) That's how they say it, so I can't say it any different. I know people have to understand that it's Perez, like Spanish, but he's in Scotland, and so has a thick (laughs) accent. If there's a thing with his name, it's funny. Yeah, Uh Perez. Uh (laughs) And they live on and solve murders on the remote Scottish island of Shetland in the north coast of Scotland. So their accents, like what you're saying um, (laughs) on the podcast, the accents are super fun to listen to, too, but you will need your captions on because they're very thick accents. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I will say this, though, that if you're following my trajectory with TV shows and you Mm -hmm. are actually watching Line of Duty right now, um, which was my recommendation from a few weeks ago, uh, this show moves significantly more slowly. (laughs) than line of duty so it may just take a bit of time to readjust to the pacing it's still fantastic Mm -hmm. just moves at a very different pace and it kind of (laughs) caught me a little off guard (laughs) it's not as slow as Broadchurch, though do you remember the first season of Broadchurch, where it's like literally like a tap dripping like the slowest (laughs) scenes you'll ever see and yet so good so good (laughs) so all of these shows excellent shows different pacing and just be aware that you can go maybe from slow to quick and you won't notice it as much as if you start with the really fast-paced show and you're working your way back down. (laughs) Okay, that's going to do it for us this week. If you want to get in touch and chat with us about our topic today, you can find us on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com or leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram at The Modern Lady Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to our new YouTube channel, which is called, you guessed it, The Modern Lady Podcast. I'm Michelle Sachs, and you can find me on Instagram at mmsachs. And I'm Lindsay Murray, and you can find me on Instagram at Lindsay Homemaker. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week, and we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.